Welcome to Impressions, a podcast of non-genre-specific, impressionistic music recommendations. There's an accompanying Spotify playlist for each episode. You can find it on our website, impressionspodcast.com. You might want to listen to the songs before or after this episode, or you might want to listen along with us. We'll give you a cue. I got an impression. My name is Busy Hemphill. My name is Nick Forrest. So, Nick, what inspired your anger quest? (laughs) Anger is a really complicated emotion for me. Sometimes it feels like there's just a low level of anger at all times, (laughs) especially now. You're simmering constantly, ready to come to a full boil at any minute. Exactly. If you're someone who experiences microaggressions, um, you know, anger can be a baseline, especially (laughs) if you perchance go out in public. As I've been re-entering the world in more ways than one this past week, I've just been noticing anger. Mm. And I've been noticing myself get just a little bit frustrated with the world. Yeah, Anger, to me, can be a signal. It could be a reaction. I think anger is important to pay attention to. This past year, we've experienced anger on a global and national scale. And it can be frightening. It can be empowering. It could be an agent of change. Mm. Um, there's a lot of different things anger can be. You know, I'm not an angry person. Right, me neither. At all. Like, it's hard for me to fully, like, be angry. I don't think I've, like, yelled ever. (laughs) You know, it's... (laughs) It's hard, yeah. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. For me, I just feel like anger is so intertwined with other emotions. Like, anger does not live by itself. It hangs out with sadness and frustration and kind of helplessness just like all of these things together in my experiences you know anger will be like hey sadness do you do you really want to feel something let's mix some anger into it (laughs) oh my god i know and when i get really angry i cry like when i actually yell in anger i start crying and it's it's a physiological response like my body cannot help it i'm so Mm -hmm. angry Mm -hmm. and like it just kind of boils to the surface and comes out through my eyeball (laughs) oh yeah it's a bodily experience but it's a full body tense up and i maybe start to shake a little bit and Mm -hmm. it feels like an anxiety attack and you know that's an entirely different conversation but oh man just reflecting on some of the music I grew up listening to I would categorize it a lot of it is angry music and a lot of it is the kind of music that would concern like conservative parents or Republican lawmakers and in the case of let's say like Marilyn Manson that that turned out to be true right. he isn't an, an asshole so but a lot of it I think is just that expression especially in this adolescent version of of myself I think anger sometimes is an easy way to manage a lot of complicated emotions and right. this week I had the opportunity to just think about what anger actually is and what it actually feels like yeah. in your body in your mind from start to finish just the whole arc of it I really like like what you just said about I don't know kind of like how anger becomes this default emotion that people yeah. kind of run to when they don't really know what the feelings that they have are and yes. I think this is like particularly an issue when we talk about like toxic masculinity or like kind of traditional like cis het ideas that like men aren't supposed to show emotions and it's like okay mm-hmm. the only emotion that they're like allowed to show is anger so it makes yeah. like it's I'm not excusing terrible behavior but I'm like sure when you don't allow people to like feel into 
their feelings and kind of know like, oh no, I'm actually sad right now. Or like, God, I'm really disappointed in myself right now. Or like mm-hmm. whatever the thing is, it just becomes mm-hmm. anger and often like an outward facing anger, sometimes yeah. an inward facing anger too. Oh boy. Anger's complicated. Emotions it's are really complicated. complicated. <laughs> they really, really are. <laughs> All right. I'm so excited to hear about your picks. Where are we starting? As I mentioned, when I experience anger, it's a very bodily experience. I, I tense up. I kind of feel my heart rate pick up a little bit. I stiffen. Yeah. I, you know, I get a weird look in my eyes. <laughs> and, you know, my first response to anger is often just to take a pause. Now that I've acquired emotional intelligence in my adulthood, mm. deep breaths and just sort of let it simmer and see where it goes. I also, going back to what I said, you know, if you've experienced microaggressions in your life, sometimes anger is just you know, the baseline of being in public. Yeah. It's not an angry song. I, I find the song to be very calming, but there's a baseline of anger that I hear. This is Corporeal by Broadcast. It drums the bass and the vocals are so calm and steady. And to yeah. me, that feels like the exterior that you put out into the world. Totally, yeah. They feel like the social confines of you existing in the world. Yeah, and this like angelic, dreamy voice. It's your public voice. You're like, oh, yes, of course. I'd be happy to do that. Like, oh, no problem. I'll stay an extra hour today. Absolutely. Oh, I'm sorry. Was I walking on the street and you were too? Yeah. Oh, I am so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry for existing. So, oh, so, 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 so sorry. Yeah. If you've ever, like, you know, counted the amount of times you've apologized in public to a stranger, <laughs> you know, I think you have a good idea of what <laughs> this song feels like. You know, but when you close your eyes, it's just like a fucking war. Like, it's just like these bombs dropping and these all this, like, fragmented, fracturing metal exploding around you. Yes. And you're right. Like, the baseline, you just, you have to keep going along. You have to keep maintaining this equilibrium, despite the fact that inside of you, there's just this bubbling anger. I love the contrast between the inhale of this, like, distorted electronic sound and then the exhale is at like a slightly higher pitch and that's also a constant it's just sort of this self-soothing yet riddled with frustration and anger The first time I heard this song, I found it really relaxing. And I completely missed the fact that there was like literal explosions <laughs> running through the entire background of the song and like actual gunfire. It sounds like, you know, audio recording from a battlefield. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the times when I experience that kind of daily anger, you know, the kind of when you're pissed off at your boss or someone on the street who cuts you off or whatever, but your, your knee-jerk reaction is just to be agreeable. Yeah, (laughs) that's the song. Oh, my God. Confrontation is hard for me, and I think for you, too. Oh, so (laughs) hard. (laughs) And, yeah, the kind of default is to be agreeable. Yeah. I love that you thought the electronic 
things were like an inhale and an exhale. And hearing you say that, I can map that on. That makes sense. To me, especially when it goes to the higher pitch, it really sounded like kind of all of the buzzing voices in your head. Mm -hmm. You telling yourself you're so stupid, other people, whether they've actually said that or not. Mm -hmm. I loved that, yes, the literal gunfire, etc., kind of erupts beyond the confines of the calm bass and drum around minute three. There's like a 10-second segment where they're allowed to kind of break free, but then it is quickly contained again. Maybe the minor eruptions of anger that you allow yourself to have um, in situations that then you quickly recontain yourself when you're back in a public space. So like maybe you went into the mm-hmm. office and screamed for a second. Uh-huh. So I was working in this coffee shop and I had so many like <laughs> bad experiences with customers and also um, my coworkers, especially when I worked in Glendale. And like the intense anger I would feel, but I couldn't express it because, you know, it's a professional setting. I'm not allowed to Uh be mean to a customer who was terribly mean and sexist to me, like not allowed to Uh do it as much as I want to. (laughs) So it's just like (laughs) go into the back room and just like punch a bunch of bags of coffee or something like but that minor yeah. eruption that you allow yourself to have that doesn't hurt anybody and you quickly recontain yourself so you can go back out and be your nice little self got to redirect that energy One of my hobbies is to look at like weird real estate listings. And I noticed one nearby in my neighborhood, there were just all these holes punched in the drywall in almost every room of the house. And it was really scary and upsetting. I'm just like, holy shit. Like I couldn't imagine living in that house, seeing all these like physical signs of anger or abuse. You know, I don't know what happened, but um, it was just terrifying to see that. There's just like a line of them in a random bedroom. Wow. I don't know. Who knows what was going on, but... What an image of, like, this ruin of anger. <laughs> like, like these, know. you know, this physical trace of somebody's frustration and anger. Right, just mapped, like... Oof, all lined up. In, yeah, it was oof. just like, boom, 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 boom. Maybe it was, like, a bad conceptual art project. Maybe they were just awful at hanging, like, an Ikea shelf. Like, there's one Ikea shelf in my house. There's, like... Three million little like fucked up screw holes all around it until I finally found the stud. Great. That's yeah. it. Let's recast yeah. this in a more positive If I was the realtor, I'd be like, oh yeah, you know, at least you know where the studs are in the walls now. <laughs> oh boy. Similar to you, Nick, I find feeling anger kind of difficult sometimes Mm -hmm. or like, as I said earlier, it's so tied in with so many other emotions. And I really tried to do some kind of like deep spirit work of of trying to like Mm -hmm. feel into my body of like, okay, remember a time that you were really angry? Mm -hmm. Like, what does it feel like? Or like, what are the situations that actually make you angry? Mm -hmm. Betrayal is one is one of the things that makes me 
very angry. It hurts so much because you put so much trust into somebody. So it's the breaking of trust. So the first song I want to play, it kind of takes you through this journey of um, confusion and kind of discovering your own betrayal too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's kind of those beginning stages of anger where you're kind of figuring out what happened namdi featuring morimoto and the song is called cindy oso i got a lot of the same kind of emotional landscapes as the previous song but i feel like this one took it even further and was just much more nuanced in that experience of anger i love how it starts out with the i think maybe their saxophones right in the beginning or you know to me it was like the sirens of the apocalypse like this is the anger is roaring in on a thundercloud There's something about how the instruments and the voices are processed that is a little bit swirling or it feel, you know, it, it kind of is how like mm-hmm. when you're going mm-hmm. through the events that transpired with another person that led to yeah. this intense feeling of betrayal. He takes that inhale. It's like the anger is so consuming that you find yourself all of a sudden out of breath. Can't even breathe without you. I'm so no direction. No, I never go without you. If you're tripping, then I'm tripping. No, I'll never come without you. I'm so sick of feeling shit. I feel like shit. I wish I did. And drink that julep out your mouth Now I'm gonna have to leave without you now I'd rather go Oh oh watch you all down the leave The sound gets bigger and bigger The voices get a little bit more distorted It almost sounds like the anger is solidifying mm-hmm. into this demon Or this thing that's taking over the inside of your body And then finally it just erupts in sound and it almost becomes triumphant. But it's also like the anger is fully realized now. It's sort of your body is radiating with anger. Right. I, I, I realize I have a little bit of like some Orientalist um, associations with this uh-huh. song because it does have that like harmonic minor scale yeah. coming in that feels yeah. very like, ooh, there's a place in France. Because sure. there's that association in popular culture and in my mind, like it did almost feel also like a snake continuing mm. to like coil mm-hmm. up on itself. Mm-hmm. Again, kind of that simmering anger that might happen so it's kind of like the potential energy that's sitting inside of this snake it was just like a growing demon like it was this growing (laughs) thing that kind of possesses you from the inside out and then all of a sudden you you become it i just we rewatched the exorcist for some reason this last week and like that slow process by which the little girl becomes possessed like it's it's a possession sometimes anger can feel like this possession and you're Yes. Become some completely different being. of the book how to tame your gremlin i've heard of it but that's it okay. <laughs> I don't, i've heard that title but i do not 
Can I, do I know anything about it? No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> so the idea is like, everybody has kind of different gremlins inside of them. So the idea of this book is to actually kind of personify your gremlin to make it into a little critter. Mm-hmm. Maybe you mm-hmm. draw it or whatever. It's not about demonizing all the quote bad feelings that you have inside of yourself, mm-hmm. but it is about like visualizing yeah. it and then kind of working with it. And, and how can you have that live inside you? Uh-huh. Also like not feel so angry or sad or terrible all the time too Mm -hmm. when you're like it's like a demon and I was like oh Nick what does your anger demon look like I feel like it would be a really sassy but passive aggressive butler oh great (laughs) my anger demon would be like (laughs) like like the butler that kind of like spits into the silver terrine of soup Um, like your mom you're gonna move everything over like six inches oh my god I mean, yes, I'm going to subtly alter the environment. God, this is a ridiculous story. We were staying in this apartment where it was this like rental in South Carolina and the owners were just, they were just these really uptight, conservative assholes. And they had like a million different rules and they're like, you can't touch any of these things or, you know, nothing in the fridge is is for you. And I would describe them as micromanagers. Um, And it it rubbed my mom the wrong way. She's like, this is just kind of a crappy rental. Like... Families come here every week. There's sand everywhere. Like, come on. So um, she moved all of their furniture just like six inches like to the right in the living room. It was kind of I psychotic. <laughs> she also posted this note saying that uh, she saw a poisonous snake on the boardwalk on the beach. So just be careful. She did not. She did not see a poisonous snake on the boardwalk. <laughs> I see where you get your butler demon from. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely directly uh, related to my mother. <laughs> I love that yours is a human. I definitely feel like mine is an animal. And I think maybe because I just described the snake. I think that's what Uh it is. Again, though, it's like something that like keeps like kind of acquiring more and more potential energy as it coils Uh up and gets real tight. And then at some point it's got to release. So speaking of coiling up and releasing, this song very much feels like the moment where it releases. Your anger consumes you. And it kind of projects outwards. This is from an artist. Her name is Backwash. I think it's worth mentioning in this context that she's mm. a trans rapper from Zambia, but she lives in Canada. And a lot of her music is about this kind of righteous anger that she's experienced in finding out who she is and becoming comfortable with her trans identity. I love all of her music. I really recommend just sort of listening to everything because it's angry, it's powerful, it's spiritual, it's deeply personal mm. and... But anyway, this is called Spells by Backwash, and it's also featuring another artist called Debbie McCallion. And I think it's also worth mentioning Backwash is the second voice in the song. Impressions. When the first voice comes in, I was like, oh, this is definitely Deftones adjacent. Yeah. Like, this singer totally. has that kind of, like, horse. <laughs> it's like a horse, like, uh, it's like a little bit sexy. Yeah. It's <laughs> like... singing stuff. Guys, I'm doing a spell tonight. Do you want to come over? I know. I love that, like, disaffected, just like, eh, (laughs) sneer almost. That, that, uh, I think it's Debbie McCallion, (laughs) her voice has. Another early 2000s, late 90s reference in the song is the rapping style. It almost feels like Eminem. I know. Like, there's a performative anger happening that really comes out in the voice. Yeah, I was listening to this, and then from the other room, Ryan's like, Nick, are you, are you listening to Eminem? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm like, I would never <laughs> run it. I, I'm just like, first of all, how dare you? Do you know yeah. me? <laughs> but it does have that weird early 2000s like rap metal crossover that happened so much. Right, but with like more of a trappy beat. More of a trappy beat. And I think because the performance of masculinity here is coming from a woman, like it's easier for me to listen to it sure. and enjoy it. I think there's intention and reason behind this anger that artistically just makes a lot of sense. But I was tickled by that. It was hilarious to be called out for listening to Eminem from another room. <laughs> So there is all of this anger, and then Davy's gonna come cast a spell on you. I really like that. Like she went to the store, she bought her candles, and she's like, "Hey, backwash, I'm gonna do a spell." And backwash is like, "I'm gonna open up a portal to hell, and it'll be safe for there." Cool. Guys, we're not I'm making a- the song sound really good. It's a really good. Yeah, I'm sorry. I love this song. Like. It sounds like I'm making fun of it. Maybe I, I know. am, but I also love this song. Yeah, and both things yeah, can be both true. Both can be true. Both can be true. Because it also, I mean, it makes you feel so like wet this. And then also just with the kind of stylistic things that are happening that feel like the early 2000s. And then thinking about like anger and thinking about being a 14 year old and all of the feelings that you have, like... I feel like we play a lot of songs that like quote feel like teenage songs unquote and this feels like a teenage song for sure it definitely feels like all of eighth grade encompassed for me and just kind of (laughs) pooped out into a song I was at my in my childhood bedroom and I had like five or six sticks of incense burning at once my mom came up to the room and I was just like oh shit we're about to get busted for like smoking pot or something but she just knocked on the door she's like Nikki are you a witch? <laughs> oh my god! And I didn't really know how to answer that question. Um, Wait, how old were you? This was, I think it was seventh grade. Yeah, thirteen. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so cute. Oh. <laughs> I think my knee-jerk response was no. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, there's like a literal pentagram, like drawn in rose petals on the bed, <laughs> like you know. So this song that I'm going to play, so you realize the betrayal at this point, and now you're kind of stewing in the anger and like starting to think about how you are going to react or how you're going to like confront mm-hmm. this person or entity when you see them. So it's called BTSTU by Jay Paul. <laughs> 
it's pretty repetitive in terms of the lyrics. Uh-huh. The line that kind of keeps coming back and back is, I know I've been gone a long time. Yeah. I'm back and I want what is mine. Uh-huh. <laughs> Listening to this, I was like, oh, is this just the theme song for the Count of Monte Cristo? <laughs> like, was that like the inspiration for this song? Perhaps. And I could see it in our, you know, like the Romeo plus Juliet style. Yeah. like. Oh my God, what a great song for the Count of Monte Cristo if they ever did like an updated version of that movie. I would watch that. If that was like a four-part miniseries, I would love that. Someone please do that. Something I really love about this song are those little like beeps and blips and startling yeah. noises that interrupt it every now and then. It's like I think of like someone just their eyeballs turn into like flames momentarily um, <laughs> <laughs> when they're talking to someone and trying to like maintain composure. Bloop. Yeah. The blips to me, especially when they kind of like erupt out of the song, they're mm-hmm. kind of eight bit sounding, and it really took me back to like yeah. old computer games and like mm-hmm. missiles shooting. Oh yeah! So there's this kind of feeling of like staged battle too happening. Like the sound when your character on a video game dies and they're like, yes, they're like kind of withers away, <laughs> and then you have to start again immediately because mm-hmm. you're so obsessed with winning the stupid video game, which I think fits with that repetitive idea. Like the song is sort just kind of resetting and starting over and revising and going back and editing its approach to the the attack or whatever. God, what's that J-Lo movie? Enough. Oh, enough. Yeah. yeah. Like right? that. Yes. <laughs> like the song yeah. could play in that where she's going to go confront her abuser after like getting into uh-huh. really good physical shape. Yeah. Like there'll, there'll be a shot of someone like, you know, those like punching. Like, yes. I don't know what they're. They're like, they're hanging from the ceiling. The little guys. I know you're talking The little guys. They're like a teardrop. I love boxing, you guys. I know a lot about it. Yeah, and even if you're not, like, doing push-ups in the gym, you're just, you're psyching yourself up. Maybe you're in your car and you're about to quit your job or confront your shitty manager or something. And it's more of a mental kind of montage of mental fitness to prepare for battle, you know? Yeah. I also really like in the song the contrast between his kind of delicate vocals. Mm -hmm. Well, at the beginning and then they go lower, but at the beginning they're very falsetto and um, kind of the content of the song too, because like the first line is something like, don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with me. (laughs) 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 Which um, feels like when you and I, Sometimes we do this voice. Hey, I'm so sorry. Could you like not fuck with me, you fucking asshole? Yes, it's like that. And then I love that transition when the vocals get much lower. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of feels like not that they weren't themselves before, but kind of allowing them to like deeply sit into the dark feelings and Mm -hmm. kind of like know your power instead of trying to always diminish Mm -hmm. yourself to make other people feel comfortable. Totally. And by the end of the song, these saxophones come in. It almost seems like the singer is like fully realized and 
fully integrated with himself and his anger. And it's just this moment of like power and reverie. And yeah, there's been a lot of saxes today, which I love. Right. Sorry, I guess I'm in the horns. No, everything I listen to has a saxophone at some point in it these days. Like, Was that the cool instrument in your elementary school? That's the one I wanted to play, but I don't know why. They made me play the trumpet, which I'm just like, maybe it's because I was the fat kid. Like, I have no idea. Like, I, It was such a poorly matched instrument for me. <laughs> like, Can you imagine me playing a trumpet? It's ridiculous. I, okay. I, no, I can't. <laughs> I was so bad at the trumpet that at some point, like, the band director was too nice and he just made me play a bass keyboard, but, like, turn the amp volume way down. I love it. <laughs> it was so humiliating. I like that your band director was like, oh, um, I'm sorry, could you please play the bass keyboard? I'll actually turn the volume, like, way down so you know, no one's even going to hear it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> final song there comes a point where anger can be like a salve and kind of a balm especially if you if the anger comes after a period of just intense sadness or betrayal sometimes anger can be something that allows you to get over something whether it's a breakup or toxic relationship or whatever and it empowers you it allows you to just sort of move on and sit with that anger i first heard the song while watching big little lies and it's cut over this character who's doesn't fit into her town at all. She's also dealing with really serious, violent past trauma in her life. She goes on runs on the beach and listens to the song to make herself feel better. I love that image. I thought the song when I first heard it was relatively recent. It's from 2005. It's another early Audie's hit. I seem to be really stuck in that time period. The song is called uh, Bloody Motherfucking Asshole and it's by Martha Wainwright. Impression. I like how angry that song is, but you wouldn't be able to tell if you weren't listening to the lyrics and mm-hmm. you just heard the guitar. You'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, this is this, what a lovely little folk song that we have here. Yeah, it's like this lilting, kind of lighthearted folk song. It's a little triumphant, but the lyrics betray that. And also like her voice too. Like there's such a yes. desperation yes. in her voice. There's all these like cracks and wavers and it never, yeah. you know, it never erupts into a yell, but it's this like, <gasps> she's pleading yes. with herself, I think. Yes. And like reasoning with herself. I kept thinking about who is she singing this song to? Mm-hmm. Is this, is this to herself? Maybe like, is she kind of looking in the mirror and calling herself the bloody motherfucking asshole? Mm. Perhaps she's disappointed in herself for how she dealt with the situation or I don't know. I I love thinking that she's like yelling this at a former lover. I think like that's like the most satisfying read. Or just the world. Mm -hmm. God, this great line in there. I wish I was born a man so I could stand up for myself. Yeah. Like those men with guitars. (laughs) I couldn't help but chuckle. What an amazing, amazing Uh line. Okay, so standing up for yourself, but then like saying like those men with guitars, like having the confidence of a mediocre white man, like having the confidence to even be able to stand up to know that someone's going to listen to you too right and just the ease in it i I doubt that those men with guitars even think about failure or think about the alternate realities where like maybe that you don't get applause at the end of your little guitar set like the the ease in navigating that world for these men with guitars oh i wish i wish i wish i was born a man so i could learn how to Myself, like those guys with guitars I've been watching in bars Who've been 
a song like felt so much like our first conversation about microaggressions and like mm-hmm. pressures mm-hmm. to like acquiesce and to be nice to yeah. everybody and make sure everybody yeah. else is taken care of before yourself. If you had a TV show or a movie uh-huh. and there was a uh-huh. scene of like somebody working at a coffee shop or at a bar, yeah. you could just have the song in the background too. It would just be over the server, probably a woman, mm-hmm. like smiling and just making sure everybody's nice and like secret. This is what I would do when I was working at the coffee shop and take their orders at the bar and they're so particular, or whatever. They're really condescending. or And I would just have my middle finger up under the bar, like just <laughs> no one could see it. I knew yeah. I was doing it and just yeah. like really giving it to them. <laughs> Oh my God, it's actually a perfect song for a coffee shop because it sounds like a coffee shop song. exactly. Like if they didn't listen to the lyrics, they'd be like, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to drink my Java, write my screenplay on my laptop. Ooh, this is nice. I like guitars. But you know what? It's a Trojan horse of millions of middle fingers. (laughs) Like that's what this song is. Perfect for the coffee shop atmosphere, you know? It's like, oh, does the Wi-Fi work? No, you fucking asshole. You've been here for four and a half hours. The Wi-Fi no longer works for you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Enjoy this folksy song I put on. I am blood a motherfucking asshole. I am blood a motherfucking asshole. I am blood a motherfucking asshole. I am blood I will not pretend. I will not put on a smile. I will not say I'm alright for you. So this last song I'm going to play is kind of what we talked about earlier of like wanting to go into a back room or something. But it's that, oh my God, the anguish of trying to find a place to go Mm -hmm. that you can be safe or that you can have all of your feelings that you have. The song is appropriately titled, Is There a Place I Can Go? And it's by Trudy and the Romance. This was after the fight, after the breakup. I was getting such a strong like musical. Mm. The singer is kind of crooning and dancing through the streets and just sort of <laughs> mourning what's happening and looking for a place to stay. Like maybe it starts raining. Like in the distance there's a theremin which sounds like an ambulance but also like crying. Yeah. You know, and at the end, perhaps he breaks into like a dance. In my mind, it's like next to a lamppost in the rain. and Sure, kind of a singing in the rain Singing in the rain situation. situation. You know, a saxophone player happens to be on a neighboring <laughs> lamppost yes. towards the end there. And they kind of lock eyes and he's like, yeah, this sucks. A gothy singing in the rain. It's not gothy. But you know how there's that like association of like doo-wop and goth? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. About? I've, you know I've listened to Morrissey before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not Morrissey, the Smiths. Let's be, let's be precise. Yeah. Right. But like that thing is also happening here. Sure. Like there's a joyousness in the wallowing yeah. too. There's a point when things become so serious, they almost become ridiculous. Whatever I do, there's no time So 
as I said at the beginning, I tend to cry when I get really angry. Yeah. Like my yeah. body has to release it mm-hmm. somehow. Mm-hmm. I also like I really do hate crying in public. Mm-hmm. I don't like people asking me if I'm okay. Mm-mm. I love yours of like he's singing in the rain. He's like, is there a place <laughs> I can go? Um, yeah. But like for me, it was like running around a city like let's say you're in your fucking office job and you're Mm -hmm. out like to lunch and something you learn some terrible news and you're like oh my god there's like nowhere I can go and just this kind of like the the anxiety around that that builds up too and I just I felt that in the chorus when he does say is there a place I can go of just Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. oh man oh man it's all gonna come out in just a second like I I gotta find a little secret place to go yeah so I can just cry and be angry mm-hmm. for a second. After a fight, it can be so hard to just know <laughs> what to do or where to go. Like maybe you walk around the block or maybe you just try to go to a friend's house or something. But there's that sense like, oh, my God, right. like all of a sudden I've lost the foundation of my yeah. world. Like, I don't really yes. want to be in my house anymore. I don't want to yes. be in this office anymore. Like, where the hell do I go? I have no idea. Yeah. And then there's the shame in like admitting to your friends or your family or whomever, like you don't want to go back temporarily to where you go. And there's that shame and embarrassment in inconveniencing somebody, at least for me. Like, I don't like crying in public either because I feel like I'll bum somebody out and I don't want to do that. I'd, I'd be so sorry I'm so if sorry I ruined your day. Oh God! Yeah, there is a torment in this song, but I don't know. There's somewhere in there. There's a joyousness. Yes. Like this person is escaping something. Wherever they can't go anymore, maybe they never were supposed to be there, or it just doesn't work anymore. Right. So. It might actually be a good thing that you can't return there. Yeah. Anymore. That saxophone guy is just like, follow me. <laughs> I'll take you where you need to go. <laughs> I'm thinking back to like when I was 15 or 16 and I went on a date with this guy and we went to see a movie and after the movie he was like, yeah, I don't think I want to do this again. It's actually perfect. I went to a 50s style diner after I called my mom to come pick me up in Uh downtown Berkeley Uh and I ordered a milkshake and I was crying and (laughs) drinking this is would be such a yeah. fucking perfect song for that yeah. scene <laughs> someone needs to recreate that scene and cut the song over it because that's what a perfect image i love that oh i'm having so many like ashamed feelings of teenage busy it's- i wish i knew teenage busy then that sounds so perfect <laughs> <sighs> i love that the place that you could go was a 50s themed diner yeah <laughs> those will always exist <laughs> god they really will impression When you're somebody who feels like they can't express anger in public, there are so many secret fuck yous that happen. And I feel like a lot of our songs were filled with secret fuck yous Mm -hmm. and trying to contain the pot before it boils over. Lots of like really forced composure, like white knuckling your smile in public, I feel like is the theme of this week. Those were our impressions. I realized I forgot to tell you, I thought I was going to witness a full moon ritual when I was in LA. 
at the beach. It was very the craft. And the reason I thought that was because I went hiking in Albuquerque on new moon two weeks prior and it was after sunset and I went to a hiking place where there's not a lot of people. But as soon as I got out of the car, another car pulled in and I was like, what the fuck? But it was just these two gorgeous women in long flowing gowns who were gonna do a new moon ritual. <laughs> So when I was in LA, I was like, oh, of course I was gonna do this. But I saw this woman walk by and she had a bowl and like something wrapped up in a towel in the bowl. And she was wearing a t-shirt with a pentagram on it. And it was the night of a full moon. So I was convinced that she was gonna do a full moon ritual. No, the bowl was just for her dog. So the dog could drink water and it was just a towel rolled up for the dog. <laughs>